Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Philly Bandwagon Podcast. Ryan Michaels here with your boy, Chip Tannen. What it do? Wow, you're you're a little invigorated today. Yeah, I don't know why. I shouldn't be. Yeah, I wouldn't be. Uh, <laughs> and there was an article that was released by The Athletic today that we are going to go into detail with because, by God... That was alarming. I read the whole thing. It's very long. If, if you don't have a lot of patience and you want instant gratification, you're not going to get it reading that article. But if you read it, you're going to shake your head half of the time like, dear God. You might want to go to church afterwards. It's basically just saying what we already know. We'll, we'll, we'll say what we already know. Yeah, but there's more there's more than what we already know in it. And I, I would really like to talk about it a little bit. Uh, let, let's just put it this way. Howie Roseman. He might not be the uh, puppet master we believe him to be definitely a problem, but yeah, might no. not be the puppet master. Yeah. Uh, moving forward from that. Uh, the Sixers. Tied for first right now with the Nets. Anything you got going on there that we should elaborate upon? Um, no, Embiid's back. Um, the uh, Sixers signed Anthony Tolliver, so whatever that's worth. And uh, hopefully George Hill will uh, be in the lineup uh, in the next couple weeks. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I heard a quote from him. Yeah, I'll, I'll hopefully be ready by the playoffs. And I thought to myself, great. He'll fit right in here. Yeah. Yeah. You know how it goes. Yeah. The Phillies, they've kind of come down to earth. Very controversial call in Atlanta. And I hate Matt Vaskersian. <laughs> I... You know, uh, since Matt Vaskersian thinks that um, uh, every Philadelphia fan throws trash onto the field after a bear call, mm. I would love for every Philadelphia fan to visit his lawn. Yeah. That's it. I, I don't want any harm or anything like that. I just want him to have trash on his lawn forever. Yep. It's a great feeling, right? I don't want the litter to go anywhere either. Like, I just want it on his lawn. Mm-hmm. And he deserves it. He deserves it. But we got the W. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. He wasn't safe, but he wasn't. But, you know, (laughs) I don't think anyone argued. It was just like, yeah, I mean, we got lucky. Yep. Happens. Yep. Yep. I'll take it. Uh, The Flyers. The Flyers made a couple trades today. They didn't get much in return, but we'll talk about what the. what they lost, what they gave up, and uh, how much they got back. And, uh, man, I still can't get over I can't wait to talk about that Eagles article. It's <laughs> for the love of God, man. That was yeah. bad. Uh, but in the meantime, support for the Bandwagon Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Big news, Manscaped just released their cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over and at all times. Who knew smelling this good could feel this good, too? Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. You know, have you ever gone to the court and just played a game of pickup basketball and um, 
you realize that you have an errand to run after you do so, and you smell absolutely horrendous. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Because it smells really bad, usually. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, but, you know, the cologne might might be a good idea. And uh, everyone knows that Manscaped has the perfect package 3.0 for all your below-the-waist grooming needs, but they don't stop there. Complete your grooming game with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. Can you tell them why, Chippy? With the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formula, this cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. Light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. Think of it as your wingman for the night to keep you fresh and ready for anything. Call me and inviting this this signature scent introduces a light citrus burst before settling into the anchoring notes of vetiver and a woodsy masculine finish. The 50 milliliter spray cologne is even hyperallergenic, cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free, and 100% vegan. This beautifully designed glass bottle makes a statement, and the manly scent is attractive to set the mood. Also, be sure to check out the Perfect Package 3.0 with all the essentials for your below-the-waist grooming needs, including including the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer and crop formulations. Yes, I'm talking about ball deodorant and ball toner to keep your testes their besties. And now you can use the new Manscaped Refined Cologne to complete your set and smell great anytime, anywhere. It's time to feel sexy. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. Your balls and body will thank you. Again, let's get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PHL. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. I got nothing left. What you say, Chippy? Cue the rack music. You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. Birds. Go birds. Nah. No, 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 not today. Not today. But but go birds. No, 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 no. No. Okay. Listen here. I just want you to know this. I I, I have never ever not said go birds the very beginning. But today uh, I, I'm not. There was an article that came out earlier today. Today's April 12th. We're recording on the 12th. It's on The Athletic. It's called Paranoia, Mismanagement, and Office Politics Inside the Eagles' Downfall under Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman. Mm -hmm. In this article, there's a, a few main points that I'd like to cover today. And I know it's the off-season, but I mentioned it in the intro. Dear God. Essentially, they just ridiculed Doug no matter what he did. The man couldn't make a right decision because there was no right decision to make. If Doug was using the run game like most of the fans wanted, honestly... And correct me if I'm wrong, Chip. But we should have been using the run game more. Um, Jeffrey Lurie would come up to him and say, well, why weren't you using the pass game more? 
if they won by in this article it said if they won by a field goal that wasn't good enough and if they lost by a last second field goal quote unquote he was the worst coach in the league i mean the authors of this article went into such detail that i don't think this is just a hit piece on the eagles at this point from the doug peterson side of things I still think he's kind of an idiot and definitely didn't call the best games. But if he had to put up with those two numbskulls, I don't blame him for being so cocky during press conferences. If you left a meeting with the owner and your GM calling you an idiot and telling you that you suck at your job, of course you're going to treat the press like they're terrible uh, what's your opinion on the Doug Peterson side of things? Let's just start there. Well, uh, you know, me and Ryan talked about this kind of beforehand a little bit because we were just we were so blown away by the uh, just the initial reaction from it. Um, but the Doug Peterson side is I don't think that we can blame him as much as we have now. He still has blame. Yes. But if this if this article is true and we can't even we we can't even tell if if it's if it, if if it's true or not. But if if it is true, then we yes, we have to you know not blame Doug as much as we have been. So and again, this is tough because we don't know. Like I said, we don't know if this article is true or just complete bullcrap. Uh, I'm like going to give. Said, like you said, it's with so like they, this article has so much detail into it that it makes you want to believe it. Like, so, this is just the tip of the iceberg of this article. Like we're talking about the first three, four paragraphs. At the most. And I mean, like, I, I'm going to quote it here. This article is from The Athletic. Uh, if you have The Athletic, I'd recommend reading it. If you don't have The Athletic, spend the buck a month because, holy God, you can always cancel it afterwards and read this article. But here's another quote from it. Uh, days earlier, the team overcame a 10 nothing second quarter deficit to beat the Packers, yada, yada. And the offensive key was the running game. And it, it goes on to say that that wasn't good enough. And he wanted to know why Doug didn't call more passing plays. And he did the same thing in Buffalo. High winds were that day. Like, this article seems way too specific time after time for me to believe that it was just a hit piece by an author. Well, here's my question. Why is Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman ridiculing and asking Doug Peterson why he ran the ball? If it's working. Cause it worked. And it, they're, that's and what I'm we're, saying. Why we're going to get into they, that. We're, we're going to get into that because it, I want to talk about the analytics guy in a little bit. Yeah, real quick. But that's my question. Why are those – if this is true, again, 
this is this is like the biggest thing for me if it's if this is all true. And I'm gonna probably keep gonna keep saying it because I repeat myself a lot. But why are they asking Doug that if he when he's running the ball when it's working? Like they can't be that, you know, blind. And they they can't be that, you know, I'm trying to find the right word. Um you know they can't they can't be that inept at at knowing the game of football when something is working you got to use it so it it it's it's confusing to me why they're asking Doug why he's running the ball when it's working so let me tell you why Jeffrey Lurie especially and I would I would include Howie Roseman in this too sure they think of themselves as very progressive football thinkers they think they're ahead of the curve. They're ahead of the times. They are the makers of ingenuity. They are people who put new things in motion. They specify that analytics are the game. And through that, let's go into the analytics guy. Because I think the answer to your question is through that. Um, Alec Hallaby is the head of the analytics department for the Eagles. He's been with the team a long time. And in the article, I'm not going to keep quoting the article. I'm going to paraphrase here, but they go on to say that he makes his own draft boards. No matter what the scouts are saying, they're going off of the draft. They're going off of his draft boards. Who, Jeffrey Lurie? Yep. Okay. The, there's a lot of discontent between the front office workers, the scouts, obviously, and so on and so forth, because they're just going with Hallaby every single time. And Hallaby is obviously the one making the game plan. And if the coach di- like, just diverges from it because it's not working, well, the owner's invested a ton of money into this and believes in it because he believes it's the future, of course he's going to be mad. When Mike Rowe was here, you know, and, and you know what? Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie do an excellent job of manipulating the media to do their benefit. Yeah. Because I want it grow gone. I'm pretty sure all of Philly want it grow gone. But why? Mm-hmm. How? Come to think about it, I didn't really know much about Mike Rowe, but I wanted him out of town. Yeah. Because, because we're all sheep. We're all sheep in this multi-billionaire's pocket. He knows what he's doing. Mm. We we can't. We can be controlled for so long, but if that's the thing for me, is because you're right. We have been, you know, quote unquote sheep. We've been herded. Yeah, we have. Howie's, and you know what? Howie's the sheep dog. Yeah. But that's the thing, you know, we're as fans, it's been going on for so long now that we're actually, we're finally realizing what's going on. And this may be because of the article, but even before the article, you know, every time, every time Jeffrey Lurie came up to a press conference, we were just like, what is he talking about? We we were confused. I mean, he would go, he would just ramble on for 15 to 20 minutes about nothing. Eventually, you just say, what the hell are you saying? Right. So, 
I don't and know. We, we make fun of Howie Roseman for doing the same thing, but you could ask Howie Roseman and be like, hey, so what do you think about Jalen Hurts as the starter this year? And we make fun of it when we say, oh, do you have a question for Howie at the end of these segments? But that's legitimately how yeah. he sounds to us. They'll, he they'll sounds like a buffoon. About Hurts, like you said, and he'll go on a story about his son, you know, winning a winning a decathlon or something. Yeah, winning a blue ribbon in pie baking. Right. Like, and so the reporter will be like, "Thanks, Howie." Yeah, and then that's and, that's all they can do. They get one question, and that's the problem. We need these virtual. If they're going to continue to do virtual press conferences the member of the press should at least get to rebut a, a stupid answer. Like some of the things that he says are just so ridiculous. I think to myself, how did he get away with that? Yeah. When he talked about Carson Wentz being a finger. Yep. I remember sitting in my car thinking, did this dude just say this? Just Is this a legitimate one of his fingers? I, I mean, the quarterback factory comment. I mean, there's so many quotes you can go back and, and take from. Well, uh, let's let's get back to the topic at hand, which is the analytics. Yeah. So let's talk about the draft. I, I would like to talk about the draft a little bit and analytics going into it. Well, real um, quick, before we go to the draft real quick, I, I want to say something. because here And here's another question for you. Mm-hmm. Why, again, same thing, you know, with my question earlier. The analytics part, right? So let's mm-hmm. like for example, you mentioned the Packers game where we came back from ten nothing, right? Which was yeah. in twenty, which was in twenty nineteen, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um. So we won that game, and in this article, it apparently says that Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman said to Doug Peterson that they were still not impressed, and you know they were still ridiculing him or whatever. But Green Bay, Green Bay's defense that year was one of the worst in the league against the run, mm-hmm. right? That's that's the stats. That's the analytics. And Doug Peterson, to come back from that 10 nothing deficit, he ran the ball, and it worked, and we won. So, again, why are they yelling at him for that? That's what the analytics say. Well, here there's, a, there's another aspect to it, Chip the head of the analytics department has a very close relationship with fellow Harvard grad, Julian Lurie, who is, go ahead, say it. Jeffrey Lurie's wife. And it's Jeffrey Lurie's son. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Julian. I mean, Julian can be a woman or man's name, whatever. Okay. No, yeah. Not his wife, but his son. But Sorry. now that was that was from that was from the article again. Okay. But uh, like they, they, it, it, this is just so descriptive of everything. It it, so, it shows an office, uh, an organization in chaos, an owner that doesn't have a grip on the organization, and the things that should be working in the organization. It appears that he's tossing to the side, like he did with Howie. Okay. Okay, yeah, I agree. But this just made me think of something. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Laurie is hiring people not based on their, um, you know, previous work or, um, 
you know, previous accomplishments or whatever. He's hiring people based on if they're friends with him or not. Because like you said, the analytics guy is friends with his son. Well, I don't so know if son, he's the, the analytics guy has been with the team since 2010. Oh, um, yeah, I know. So, I mean, how he's been the GM since 2010. Yeah. How he's, how he's been with the Eagles since like 2000, I think. But that's what I'm saying. He's not hiring people on their actual skill set. He's hiring people on, oh, we're friends with them. Let's Let's get him a job. I don't know the accuracy of that because I don't know how long Halaby's been with, like, been friends how, with. How he's been with, the, he's been with the Eagles since 2000. I think yeah. Jeffrey bought the Eagles in what? It was like 1990-something? Yep, mid-90s. If I'm not mistaken. So Howie's been here a long time. And that's a lot of time for you to make friends with the owner. Well. Here goes another thing from the article, and I, I want to keep getting into it because there's just so much that we have to cover and only so much time. When it comes to the draft and Halliby, and this is straight from the article, quoting it, before the 2018 draft, the Eagles installed a state-of-the-art draft room across the building from what is traditionally considered to be the football side of the building, where the coaching st staff and scouting department sit. One year later, Hallaby's department was moved from the football side of the building to an alcove near the new draft room. Okay. So, he was... <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense, man. Like, this is crazy. I keep looking at this. Dude, this thing is so long. There are so many issues that have been noted in this article. I'm scared. I'm really scared because if this is true, this team will never, ever be good again. Ever. Yeah. Like a nine and eight isn't good. No, it's not good. A 10 and 7 isn't good. No. 11 and, 11 and 6 maybe, but... Yeah. I, I just don't quite understand how things are this disorganized. How an entire organization, an entire departments are disgruntled. This doesn't seem like a one-person kind of thing. This seems like a bunch of people who work for the organization are like, yo, why are you listening to this guy? Why, why do I even work here? What's the point of my job? I tell you my recommendations, and you just go with this guy anyway. Because mm -hmm. he wants to hire his friends rather than actually qualified people. Well, so another thing that came from this article was that Jeffrey Lurie was the one that said, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Yeah. Why is he making draft picks? Who is he? He's an <laughs> owner. He should be sitting back in his living room letting the people he hired to do that do it. Right. He should be sitting there right. with his wife with a really expensive bottle of wine that his billionaire rear can afford 
yeah. watching the draft. That's it. That's all he has to do. And I listen, I understand if you're an owner, you know, you get some say on on on, on the bigger things. Like obviously, you know, if you're looking for a GM, sure, obviously, you know, you're gonna have a say in that. If you're looking for a head coach, sure. The but, owner gets final say, yes. I, I yeah. believe that that's true. Yeah, you yeah. should have final say. But if but, you hire someone to be your GM and you don't – you do everything anyway, what's the point? Why do you have a GM? Right. Wait, and I know why the you owner have a GM. Should not be, the owner should not be making draft picks. Like, again, you can throw your opinion in there, but you're not making the picks. You hire people to do that for you who well, are that, better at it. Not only was he making the draft picks, but he was also – He's saying who should play on Sundays. That's the thing. So like, it wasn't – Why do you have a say in that? That's that's why you hire coaches. And, you know, he had Howie Roseman come down there to be the villain so that everyone hated Howie, when in reality it was Jeffrey Lurie so that Dude, no one hated him. He's been him. putting blame on different people for years. It's Howie – Mike Grow. Frank Reich, it was Jim Schwartz, it's Doug Peterson, it's Howie Roseman. He tried he to fire throws, Frank Reich. He throws <laughs> the blame on other people. When it's in reality, it's all him. Howie, although he is a villain in this, don't get me wrong, he's only the villain sidekick. He's the puppet. He's his puppet. We thought Howie was the puppet master. But when Jeffrey when Jeffrey, when he has no other options, then it's gonna be Howie. Who's on the chopping block? I think that when you look at everyone has asked, well, why is Howie Roseman still employed? If we traded away the quarterback, we fired the coach. Why is the third piece still here? Yep. And it's simple. Who's Jeffrey Lurie going to blame? Mm-hmm. If he's running out of people to blame. If everyone in the city believes it's Howie Roseman doing all this and not Jeffrey Lurie, listen, this year is going to be a big thing because he can't, he can't, he can't blame Nick Sirianni. The guy hired him. So, no matter what, the 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 blame is going to end up at Jeffrey Lurie. Yeah. I mean, we can fire Howie, but when we're still going, you know, four and thirteen then we know who to blame. So what I, what I get from this, from this article, and again, if it's true, is that Jeffrey Lurie is hiring friends. He's, he's overlooking, you know, people's actual talent in, in, in order to get just friends on his staff. And, he he has too much power. Like he's he's giving himself too much power. And owners should not be making draft picks. And owners should not be telling the coach who should be playing on Sundays. The coach uh, the owner should not be involved with the fifty three man roster and the final say on that. It they just shouldn't. Well, that's, that's the, the thing. thing. You know, Jeffrey Lurie is someone who regularly attends practice, and it, you know. I get it. You're the owner. You want to see your team play well, and you see like, oh, wow, he's playing really well at practice. But an owner of an NFL team very rarely 
is a talent evaluator. They're just someone who's made it very wealthy in life. They have, they're very successful. Yep. And they bought a football team. Right. Where's your expertise in talent evaluation? None. Because the fact that you passed up Jalen, you passed up Justin Jefferson for Jalen Rager. You passed up DK Metcalf for JJ Arthago Whiteside. That one is the one that really blew my mind. I don't quite get it. You know? (laughs) I mean, you have no, absolutely no experience in football evaluation in in talent in in any sort of way. But you're the guy who gets the final say and gets to do the picks? Then why why are you hiring the guys to do the scouting at all then? So, he's, he's overstepping is what he's doing. And, you know, until it's either this, here's, here's our situation as fans, right? There's nothing we can do as fans because, you know, we can go to Twitter, you know, we can, we can talk on a podcast all we want. We can complain all we want, but at the end of the day, Jeffrey Lurie owns the Eagles. It's, it's his team. It's his organization. And. You know, I was listening to uh, Miss Anelli on my way home today, and he made a good point. You know, there was someone who called in and was like, oh, let's boycott the games. Do you realize how many people are still going to go to the Eagles games? Do you think, I mean, like, I understand that we're passionate fans. You're like, yeah, well, let's boycott the games. Why not? But there's so many casual fans out there just like, I just want to go to an Eagles game. They don't care. And, you know, there's a wait list for season ticket holders. You know what I mean? There's always going to be season ticket holders. So, you know, there's there, as passionate fans, like at, like for the passionate fans, there's really nothing we can do. And, and that's it. I mean, it's either – and here's our two options. It's either we hope that Jeffrey Lurie realizes what he's doing and steps it back and, you know, takes less responsibility – or he keeps doing it and we stink and he's, I mean, there's nothing we can, he, he can't, he's not going to sell the team. And, you know, when he's gone in, you know, 20 to 25 years, he'll just give it to his son. It'll be the same thing. It's scary, man. So that's where we're at as fans right now. And it, and you're right. It's scary. And it's frustrating because there's, there's nothing we can do. It really is wild that it, it doesn't look like Laurie is just hiring friends either. It, it really does come down to he's hiring yes men. And if Howie's his yes men already, that explains why he still has his job. Well, his friends are his yes men. Yeah, well, I mean, are they really your friends if all they do is say yes to you and you pay them to do it? In his eyes, yes. Well, that's because he might be a lonely man. A lonely Lonely man. Very rich. Can solve all his problems with money. Yeah. But might be lonely. Um, He might just hate Philadelphia. Very very possible. He just likes to watch us suffer. Um, Might just be really bad at managing a football team. Might think he's really good at it, but doesn't realize how much he frustrates us. Can't evaluate talent. Oh, that that I can guarantee you. Um, yeah. I can tell you right now, he cannot evaluate talent. No. Yeah. 
Howie Rosen um, can't evaluate talent. No, not at all. I just don't understand um, why taking Jalen Hurts was such a necessity. We wouldn't be in the position that we're in right now. And like again, I don't hate Jalen Hurts. I don't think it's his That's fault at all. Thing. The, the the drafting has been the biggest thing, and and not just Jalen Hurts. I mean, the like you said, the missing of of Justin Jefferson, the missing of DK Metcalf. I mean, we we've been missing picks for years and years now. You know, and we finally hit one on a quarterback in Carson Wentz, but we didn't help him in any way, shape, or form. We got him no weapons, nothing. We tried, but we failed miserably because our owner and GM can't evaluate talent. And we passed on players who would have helped the team. That's, you know, that's, that's why this team is where they're at right now. It's the drafting. Like, yeah, we, you, we've signed players. You know, we've, we've kept players for long. Like, we've restructured deals. That's fine. and That's all fine and good. But when you can't draft, you're going to stink. And we've seen it, and and that's where we're at right now. Just years and years of missed picks, and now we're one of the worst teams in the NFL. And and right now the Eagles front office is the laughing stock of the NFL, especially today. So here is another example um, of Jeffrey Lurie getting in the middle of things. In the article it says sometimes as with. Tw- uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside selection in 2019, Lurie put his thumb on a scale when the team was prepared to make another selection. In that case, Ohio State's Paris Campbell, end quote. Okay. Why is Lurie making those decisions? Yeah. And why weren't they looking at DK Metcalf at all? I would have rather had Paris Campbell. I, I mean, would have rather had Cam- Paris Campbell, too. And he's yeah, not I mean, that Par- good. I mean, listen, Paris Campbell, you know, he hasn't really panned out yet because he's been hurt a lot for the Colts. But he, I think he ran like a four, like a high four three forty. So why not? And he's like, I think he's like six one or something. So why not take that over JJ? Again. But everyone's going to talk about DK, obviously, because we passed on him. But I would have taken Paris Campbell. No question. But see, and, and that's the thing when, <clears throat> and, and this goes back to the analytics guy. Uh, if Hallaby said, you know, I, I really think this guy, JJ Arthago Whiteside, is going to be really good. Um, the analytics tell me that he's, he's the best receiver that's available right now. And every scout in your front office is saying, no, you should, you should go Paris Campbell or this other guy. Right. And they they can they all consensus say now Paris Campbell's the one right now, mm-hmm. and Jeffrey Lurie walks in and is just like <clears throat> no. They're like, yeah. what do you mean no? You you like, can't you can't listen to one person. You have to, and I've been saying this for months. You have to have multiple people in the evaluation room doing the doing the evaluating, and then when they come to a census, then then you make the pick. That's why you hire the people to do that. That's their job is to evaluate and scout young players. See, I went and sour. If they're together 
if they're coming together and saying, yes, this is the guy, then why are you going a different direction? Because went, some other guy said to do it? No. I, I, I went sour on Howie mostly after last year. Yeah, me too. 100%. When they didn't take Justin Jefferson. Yeah. We were watching the draft virtually together. Yeah. I was losing my lid. I flipped one. I, I lost it. I blew a gasket. I lost it. Yeah. And you were like, dude, no, Jalen Rager's good, man. No, it's a good pick. It's a good pick. It was like, dude. And like for two weeks, you talked me off a ledge. And then I was right. Because I'm always right. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I I really don't see how the, the same mistakes have been made over and over again. And I think you were the one. Uh, I was talking with someone, I believe, at work. I believe Laurie, along the line of his career, said, oh, it, things don't work if you keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Well, <laughs> mm. here we are. That's ironic. Here we are. I mean, okay. Can I, I just want to defend myself for a little bit here. No, you don't. Yes, I do. just for just for a real quick sec. Do you here. think uh, do you think Jalen Rager's good? Do I think he's good? Uh, no. Do you th- excuse me? Let me rephrase that. Yeah. Do you think that he will ever amount to what Justin Jefferson currently is? Uh, probably not. Okay. But, no, no buts. But. I didn't no, ask. Yeah. I didn't ask for no, buts. No, there's a but. There's a but for Wolf. Well, for me, it is. So just shut up and listen. Uh. <laughs> I listen. I understand the Jalen Rager pick because he was, you know, he was what we needed. He was a slot. He was fast. He was, you know, because I think they wanted. Uh, I was about to say Jalen Waddle. They wanted Henry Ruggs, but he went too early to, to the Raiders. So like, all right, let's get the next best guy. And I understood the pick, but obviously, you know, and I was defending him. I was. I will admit it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we we're wrong. I mean, we got we we the pick was we should have made we should have picked Jeff. We. <laughs> um. Yeah, we we still we. I don't know. Um, we should have taken Justin Jefferson. I mean, I'm not. You know, I'm not. I'm not arguing that. But I the Vikings it. front office after we picked Jalen Rager were laughing. They could not believe it. Yeah. Um. But uh. But then. But then. Oh, it did for me when we picked Jalen Hurts. And you know, again, we were we were we did it virtually, and I, I mean, we both, we were both completely delivered. The problem was earlier in the second round. I remember looking at you on on the Skype chat and saying, "Man, I wonder where Jalen Hurts is going to go. I hope he has a good career." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And because <laughs> of freaking Philadelphia, it, it was literally, it was literally. The last name that I thought he was going to say. Literally. And I'm not kidding when I say that. Jalen Hurts was the last name I thought Roger Goodell was going to say. But if, if, there was a, if there were a sports book that had a prop on, will the Eagles take Jalen Hurts? It would probably be plus 10,000. Yeah, I mean, that might be even too generous. I, it might be my doubt be more, but there's not a single. I mean, you can go back and look, probably. There's not a single mock draft from 2020 where the Eagles take 
Jalen Hurts. Nope. Not a single one. And if, if people find one, then please send it to us. Because I would love to see it. Yep. Don't send us yours. Yeah, don't send us yours. I, I don't want to see yours. Because honestly, a lot of people's, I mean, maybe not yours, but a lot of people's mock drafts are complete garbage. Because everyone like tries I, to be the, the there smart was, one. There was a mock they try to be Howie. <laughs> there was a mock draft that I saw where the Eagles got Patrick Tristan in the second round. I'm like, stop. He's going I mean, after the he's going after the first ten picks. 100%. He's going yeah he's doing he's going top ten no question. Tertain's going. I wouldn't but, be I wouldn't be surprised if J C Horn's going too. Yeah. I mean you know I've said this before, but I think it's it's uh, for the Eagles at twelve. I think it's if a receiver falls they take one or uh, if Patrick Tertain falls it's him. And then if not, it's J.C. Horn. Mm. We'll see. So, uh, I, I mean, we're going we're gonna to take someone out of UTEP. Or, yeah, or, you know, Jeffrey Lurie is going to pick some schmuck out of, you know, the University of Tulsa. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, you know, Wichita State. Yeah. Fullback. Montana. Kicker. You know, the usual. Yeah. Or, or he'll just surprise us all. Well, he won't surprise us, but he'll take another quarterback because we are the quarterback factory. Another quote by, who was that, Howie Rosen? So hear me out here. If we draft Trey Lance with that pick, yep. I believe the quarterback factory will be fulfilled. 100%. Poetic justice. And by that, I mean, just poetic Howie Roseman. Yep. I am. I hate. I hate the front office. Yep. I really. Really. I I believe I see the light now, right? Okay. If it isn't Jeffrey Lurie making these calls. He's still responsible for letting it happen in the first place. Yep. If it is Jeffrey Lurie, he's still responsible because he's doing it. Mm-hmm. For both of them. No matter, like I said, no matter what, it's Jeffrey Lurie's fault. For both of them. And when this team, like I said, when this team goes 4-13 next year, where's the blame going? He is the weakest link. And should sell the team. He should, but he sell won't. the team, Jeffrey. Sell the team. Why? Why would he? Um. <laughs> right. Well, how much did he buy it for back in the day? I don't remember. I, I looked it up a couple weeks ago. I don't remember. I think it was Listen, probably. I don't know. Professional football team has probably increased in value. I would think a lot. Yeah. Since he bought it. Absolutely. But, you know, let's move on. We have other sports in this city. And we chewed up almost 40 minutes talking about an article. A single article. I knew we would. That really, really 
described the saga of Jeffrey Lurie. Mr. Lurie, I despise everything that you've become. Buckle up, nothing's changing. Listen, it's okay to be a little forward-thinking in your uh, like football like at analysis, but when you're letting it impact every single bit of the game, there's not even any fun in it. It's it's the same thing. It, it, I'm seeing the same thing in baseball right now, and you looked at it in the World Series last year with the Rays. Why was Blake Snell pulled? And I know this is off topic, but when when he was pulled, that didn't make any sense, and it backfired. When you only utilize analytics to make a decision, yep. Yep. you take away the human aspect of the game. You know, on paper, the technology is right, but it doesn't take into account human error. Or, you know, sometimes quarterbacks are just on that day. Yeah. Like, they can't miss. I mean, I think football is, is, is you know, I, I get the baseball aspect, but football, I mean, if you just have no. good players, you're going to be a good football team. No, like, if, no matter, if, look, if, if Zach Wheeler woke up one day and just shut out the Braves like he did the other day, he woke up and chose violence that day. If <laughs> at the time, Carson Wentz decides to go, 28 for 33 for 400 and something yards and four touchdowns. He woke up and chose violence that day. Do you think a computer can spit out that he's going to do that against one of the best defenses in the league? Right. There is a human aspect to this. Sometimes the game just works. Miles Sanders might come out one day and have like 180 yards. He might just be on one that day. He might see the whole know it because they don't give him the ball enough. Right. And that's because their analytics are telling them to pass the ball more. Right. Because they're stupid. And you know what would be fun? Uh, you know, I, I thought about this, and I think it would be funny. The analytics say pass the ball more, but they were actually holding the paper upside down. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. On to the Sixers. <laughs> now they're playing the Mavs right now. Uh, they're up 56-44. Um, I sure hope that they win. Yeah, that'd be nice. Now, is George Hill ever going to play? Yeah, I mean, I think the whole he'll he'll be ready for the playoffs no matter what. He might he probably be ready before the playoffs. Uh, I think they're just making sure that he's hundred percent. All right. Well, I was about to say we gave up a little bit for him, and for him not to be available at all right now, we gave up too much for him. And plus, we have him on contract until after next year, so we have him. We have him next season as well. No, that's true. You got a point. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, uh, I was looking at the playoff picture. Mm. The rest of the season is crucial for the Sixers. Yeah. I don't want to see any rest time right now. If you know what I mean, no load well, management. Well, you're going. We need that one seed. We need it. Well, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm sorry to say, but you're going to sit. But and that's from every team, not just the Sixers. Right, but we need the one seed. I don't think that it would be beneficial for the Sixers to have the two. 
Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to do everything they can to get the one, no matter what. But you know, don't expect them. Don't expect them to play every every game till the the rest of the the games till the playoffs. As much as you hate that, I know. But look, if it's a back to back, fine, I'll give it to him. I don't want to give it to him, but fine. Yeah. But I don't want to see him miss a random game. In the middle of an off day, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, we we need him for the playoffs. So, you know, if he's feeling off, if he's feeling something one day, then he, yeah, he might get the game off. But we'll just have to wait and see. Now, Ben Simmons, I mean, he's still playing defensively, like defensive player of the year, but his offense has just plummeted yeah what's going I mean, on there what, again, what are you seeing it's simple I, you know people say this all the time he's just he's not being aggressive and that's his problem you know i mean people say his shooting's the problem his problem is i mean the shooting is a problem but his biggest problem is he he's not ne- he's not aggressive every single game he only chooses when to be aggressive. He can't do that. Well, another thing I always hoped that he would develop, and like I'm not talking about a three-point shot, but like a seven-foot, eight-foot shot, you know, kind of around the inside, just step back a little bit, fade away. That's a yeah. good shot, and he's just not developing it at all. I mean, he's got to put something up. Hell, even a five-foot shot, I'll, I'll take it. Give me something. Yeah. He's just he's not he's not going to the basket like normal. Um, ben know, Simmons he, has the power to just drive in there and score, but he every, doesn't. Every play, every play, he, he can do that. And I've been saying this for years. He can go, he can drive to the lane every single time down the floor. Now, every not, no, he's been, he hasn't even been can. able to drive the lane as much. Am I saying he should? No, but I'm saying he can. Okay. Because obviously we have Embiid, we have Harry. You know, what I'm saying like he 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 shouldn't do that, but he has the ability to do that. But he just does. You know, he settles for. You know, he settles for some bad shots. Uh, you know, sometimes if he is open, he'll pass out of it. Um, you know, he's still a good passer. You know, he's still a good rebounder. He's still a, good, a great defender. Um, but uh, just not not having the right mind uh, when it comes to scoring. He just doesn't have it right now. Well, and now hopefully there was, by the playoffs, because we're going to need him in the playoffs. Now there was a story that just came out regarding Ben and his family, which I'm not going to get into just for his own sake, but it, it seemed pretty alarming. And that could be something that's clouding his thoughts. Well, if that's the case, then that's understandable. And I understand that, and that's that's fine. I mean, I, he can he can deal with it whatever way he wants, but um, it shouldn't be affecting his gameplay because you you know like, and I know that's much easier said than done. I've had things yeah. that have happened to me where I'm affected at work, and I'm just kind of there, but I'm not there. And yeah. you know, may, maybe I'm being a little unjust in saying that, but in order for this team to be the dominant basketball team that we know that it is, we need Ben Simmons there 100. percent He is that integral of a part of the team, and I don't want to see him struggle 
to be what he can be. You know, I mean, the good thing is, is, is we're getting by still, you know, we're still winning games, even when he's scoring, you know, 10 points a game. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're going to need him for the playoffs, man. Like you said, he, he's, a, you know, he's, he's one of the biggest parts of this team. Um, and, uh, we need his scoring because, you know, if MB doesn't have it one night, uh, which is, you know, it's rare, but you know, he might not have it one night. We're going to need him and, and Tobias to step up, uh, in, in his absence. So, you know, hopefully it's just a thing with him. Maybe, maybe it is that, that report thing. Uh, you know, it's maybe playing with him a little bit, but, um, hopefully I'm just hoping when it comes playoff time that he gets out of this funk that he's in right now. And, uh, you know, he continues, he, he, he's going to do what he did uh, previously in the season. Just be aggressive. Okay. I hope you're right. I'll be honest. But as long as Tobias, you know, keeps playing the way he has, because he's still playing really well, in my opinion. And, um, you know, as long as we have healthy Joel Embiid, uh, you know, we should be one of the one of the best teams in the league. Amen. And now we move on to the Flyers. Honestly, not a ton going on. Um, Eric Gustafson done. was traded for a seventh to the yeah. Canadians, and Michael Roffel was traded for a fifth to the Capitals. Now, Michael Roffel's been with the team since 2013. He's played a ton of games for Philly. Um, he really went out there, and when he did play, and I think about the playoffs last year, um, he might uh, – he, he, he gave his heart for everything. He really did play well for the Flyers, and I'm going to miss him, um, but – I think this is moving more towards a big change coming in the off season. Yeah. Something, something has to change, man. I, I wouldn't be surprised if with, with the expansion draft, yeah. Uh, players like Jake Voracek. Yep. Are unprotected. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah, man. Uh, it, it's really tough. Uh, Cause there was, you know, so much hype going into the season, but uh you know, they, they have not played well at all, um, you know. So I think it was right that they didn't, you know, make a big splash. You know, they traded away a few guys. Um, they didn't, they trade, they didn't trade everything. but No, they didn't trade it. They traded a few guys that were expendable, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, Gustafson wasn't what they thought. And, uh, you know, Raffle was a guy who's older and, he, you know, he's been injured pretty much a lot of this year so. You know, they, they felt that he was, you know, it was his, it was right time for him to go. Uh, they re-signed Scott Lawton, which was fine. Uh, I'm happy. That, I'm ha- so there's two yeah. things. When it comes to Raffle, I'm happy that they traded him to a contender. Um, he deserves it. He did give a lot for the city. Um, I thank him for what he gave. But when it comes to Loughton, um, I was chatting with Steve, our uh, Flyers guy, and he made it seem like it was – more of a it was a long contract for three mil a year to scare off Seattle so that they don't have to use him as one of their protected spots. OK. That makes uh, it, that's actually a really good way to look at it, because why would you invest five years into someone right. as a new franchise? Right. But. Yeah, yeah. no, that that's actually. You know, when you put it like that, that's actually it makes me feel better about that that contract. Uh, 
because now we may not have to protect Lawton, and we still may have we still may have him next right. year. So, um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a good move either way. Uh, I like Lawton. Um, you know, he he was drafted by the Flyers. Uh, we developed him, and he's you know he's turned into a you know a solid solid player. So, um, and three million a year isn't isn't much, I don't think. Um, so, you know, it's not think, a ridiculous amount. Yeah, I mean, it's a decent amount, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a solid move all around. But hey, we'll, we'll keep you posted as more things develop with the Flyers. I, I don't. I mean, they're not making the playoffs. I mean, you know, no, they still have a chance, the but they're they're not making the playoffs. Sorry. Unless they catch fire and win all I mean, of their remaining games. Our, our division is just is, they're too good. I'm sorry. They're I mean. What do we have? We used we have, to be part of that good. Yeah, we used to be. Just I mean, saying. we have Washington, Boston, Pittsburgh. I mean, it's just, I mean, you know, they're too good right now. All right. I think uh, after you said all that sadness, it's time to walk it off. <laughs> Let's talk Phillies. So, uh, I, they've cooled off a little bit. Yeah. But Definitely. still managing. Yeah, I mean, I, I like where the Phillies are at right now. Uh, you know, they got lucky last night with that controversial call. Um, you know, let me just let me let me be the first to say I'm not the first one to say it, but he was out. I mean, I'm sorry, but we oh, just, you know, we got we, out. <laughs> you know we 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 got one served on a silver platter, and you know I'll take it. So, um, you know, even if it was a controversial call, you know it was good that they um, took one from them after after going down 2-0 in that series so uh now we get the Mets for four uh the game got postponed tonight uh, they'll have a doubleheader tomorrow and then uh and then two more after that so we'll see what happens um but um I think the biggest thing for the Phillies right now I mean their bullpen's been phenomenal this year so far um I'm a little worried about the last two starters and Matt Moore and Chase Anderson um Chase Anderson gave up three early runs in the first last night. Uh, he kind of settled down a little bit, but, um, you know, I'm a little worried about him. Hopefully he can bounce back. And then Chase Anderson, you know, I think he's just, he might be a fill-in for right now. Um, maybe Spencer Howard comes up at some point or, uh, or the Phillies make a trade. Um, Cause I think they, I think they still do need one more starter. And then um, I like the lineup, man. Um, I really don't know why they keep playing Roman Quinn. I mean, I know he's not bad defensively, but um, I don't think he's been hitting at all. Um, I, I, I mean, personally, I like Hazley more in center, but uh, I wouldn't be mad if they traded for a center fielder. So I think that's that's probably their biggest hole in the lineup right now. Um, and another thing is, uh, you know, the first play of last night's game when Acuna gets on in that infield hit. I mean, Dee's just got to be he's got to be better than that. You know, he's got to realize who's running. And he's got to, you know, be more aggressive and get that ball out. I mean, you can't you can't let Ronald Acuna, you know, get on base on a routine ground ball to shortstop. I mean, just you can't let that happen. Then the next pitch, Ozzy Albies hits a two run homer, and then it's two nothing immediately, instead of being one nothing. So, you know, just be more attentive, be more aggressive when it comes to that, and just you know know who's running basically, and. uh you know, if you're Didi, you got to be better than that. You know, I think, um, well, I, I think what 
the Phillies are doing well is that they're staying in games. Um, The offense is actually putting the ball in play. Uh, We didn't see a lot of that towards the end of last year, which is what made them choke the way that they did, honestly. Um, Mm -hmm. All the Phillies had to do was have one good week at the end of last year, and they did not. They literally needed to win one game the last week, and they didn't. (laughs) But I I think that we're seeing a change. I think that we're still seeing some mistakes. Now, I I do want to talk about one thing. Uh, Joe Girardi. Is this going to be the new Phillies manager thing where you just walk out even though there's already been a mound visit? Why? I don't know. Like, we record once a week, so there's a lot of things that we have to cover, and some of them we forget, but... Like, come on! <laughs> it Was it wasn't it a joke? Did, did the Philly fans make you angry, and you were like, oh, I'm going to remind you of someone you don't like? <laughs> or did you honestly just not know? I don't know. I guess. I mean, he's he's an older guy. I guess he just forgot that there was a, a limit, I guess. I don't know. Like... <laughs> Zach Wheeler looked at him like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, you can't, can't be here. Like, uh, oh. Uh, right, right, right hand, right hand. <laughs> oh, man. That ended a 29-game streak of Zach Wheeler going at least five innings. Wow. Yep. A mistake by Joe Girardi did. Damn. (laughs) That blows. If I'm Zach Wheeler, I'm pretty bad. So what what do you expect out of this Mets series? uh, Well, hopefully they, you know, I mean, hopefully they can split uh, because it's in New York. Uh, But if they could take three out of four, that'd be great as well. Uh, But you're looking for the split. Um, And that's uh, the thing. They can do that. They can go yeah, on the can. road and split yeah. series. Yeah, for sure. Um, as long as you, you know, as long as they're winning at home, uh, that's fine. But uh, yeah, splitting the series would be would be nice because uh, then you're, you know, we're six and three right now. I think we're six. Yeah, six and three. So then you'd be eight and five after this series if you were to split. So that's still, you know, that's still a, a good record. But uh, you know, just look for them to, to keep hitting. Um, you know. Everyone for the, I mean, Andrew McCutcheon start off pretty slow. Um, other than that, though, I think Hoskins has been fine. Harper and Real Muto have been fine. Bohm's been okay. Um, you know, DD's been fine. Gene Segura has been fine. So the, the lineup has been has been solid uh, to start the season so far. Just a couple guys who have got off got off to slow starts, but uh, you know, hopefully our pitching can our starting pitching can. Uh, can do the, a little bit better because, uh, like I said, our bullpen has been fantastic so far, and hopefully they can keep that up. But uh, we'll see. Um, Chase Anderson goes tomorrow in the first game of the doubleheader, and then you have Nola for the second one, and then uh, Wheeler and Eflin. So that'll be the four for the uh, the four in New York, and we'll see what happens. But I think the Mets are a tad bit overrated just because I think everyone was so hyped at the uh, Francisco Lindor signing. I mean, they're still a good team, don't get me wrong. I think Grom's probably the best pitcher in the MLB right now. He just can't get you know, enough run support right now. But uh, they're a good team. I think they're just a tad bit overrated. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, DeGrom's going to be a Hall of Famer. Oh, no question. No question. 
he's just going to be more of a Felix Hernandez Hall of Famer. <laughs> right. I mean, he just, I mean, what he's had, he had 14 strikeouts in his second start of the year and he lost. Yep. You know I mean? So that's just, brutal. I mean, yeah, but that, that goes back to like, think about when Felix Hernandez won the Cy Young, he had a losing record. Yep. Yeah. Same thing, man. But it, it, if your team's that bad, you can still be that good of a pitcher. And I, I think that, the, the like fact said, that the Felix Hernandez that. won that proves I, that he can get it. I know. I know. It's crazy. I mean, the Mets aren't that, like I said, the Mets aren't that bad of a team. Like, they're not as bad as that as that, as that Marlins t- or Mariners team was. Um, you know, they just hate the Grom. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> if I'm Jacob de Grom, I'm furious. You know what I mean? I mean, you're you're 0-2 and you have a total of, what, 24 strikeouts so far and two starts? So, you know, that's that's a shame, though. But, hey, it's the Mets, so I don't care. Well, on that point, I think we've touched home base and we've reached our destination for the day. Uh, we'd like to thank you for listening to the band, the Philly Bandwagon Podcast. Uh, go to phlsportsnation.com for all your Philly sports wants, needs, and desires. Go to the podcast tab. Go to the PHL Bandwagon. You can find us on Anchor there. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on iHeartRadio. Wherever podcasts are available, we're most likely there. If we're not, feel free to shoot us an email at phlbandwagon at gmail.com so that we can reach out and try to get on a different platform. Uh, you can follow us at the PHL Bandwagon on Twitter, at the PHL Bandwagon on Facebook. You can follow me at PHL Ryan Michaels on Twitter. You can follow Chip at PHL Chip Tiernan. Um, every week we do put out a set of polls through our main account on Twitter. So please interact with us. We really do appreciate the fan feedback, what you guys are thinking. Uh, we do we don't like it when you call us dumb. But, you know, if that if that's what's on your mind and you got to say it, still say it. You know, any publicity is good publicity. Um, but I don't like being called dumb. Chip, do you? No, but I'll take it if you want me to call me dumb. I mean, if you want to, uh, feel free. But uh, yeah, I mean, at, at I, least share our poll if you're going to call us dumb. Yeah, just call us dumb and then share the poll. I mean, that's fine with me. Yeah, all right, I'll take that. Compromise. Yeah. Compromise is good. Um, You yeah. can also DM. Our DMs are open. Call us dumb there. Or don't. Or say or, nice things. I mean, do, yeah, do whatever you want. Uh, but at this point, that's funny gifts. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah, I like funny gifts. Yeah, we do. We'll, we'll hit you back with like seven. A lot of SpongeBob <laughs> ones, probably, but <laughs> I'll be there. We just send each other gifts sometimes. They're just random SpongeBob gifts, and then you know I chuckle a little bit, and then I move on with my life. Yeah, I mean, look, sometimes you just need a little thing, brighten up the day. Yeah. I need it. Send him that one today. Yep. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yeah. A rock. (laughs) I sent you that one the other day. You did. Um. All right. We'll see you at the next stop. (laughs) You know, my my entire existence has been completely decimated because of this article. I I can't get it off my head. It's just. It's really made my life that much worse it did like i i I read the whole thing i keep i keep thinking about it like that's a lot a lot (laughs) it's just a lot reading and negative i mean dude that's just too much for me all right we'll see you at the next time